let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Evening. We are back. The Football Babble is back. Uh, a full house as well. All five of us are on the show for the first time in months, I think. Um, I don't even know oh if we've boy. done a full one all of us together this season or if we have it's been right at the very very start of the year yeah we're back it's in the February we've had a bit of a hiatus there for a couple of weeks just with life getting in the way and different things but we decided the weekend we're going to come back and then news broke today of um the Man City investigation and the charges they've been hit with um, which we're going to get into and a bit more into the look at the Premier League and what's been going on just in the world of football too and a few different things away from football um, so yeah myself people Steve Cousin Maud, Brenton and Patrick are all here. Um, and lads, I'm going to go around the houses and I'll start with you, Steve, first. Uh, Man City then. What a fucking shock that is. I'm absolutely stunned. Like, I mean, who could have believed that Manchester City might be involved in some financial irregularities of some sort, allegedly? Um, not really hugely surprising. I suppose the 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 breadth of of uh, accusations i mean there's a num- there's over 100 um different charges against them and it feels like one of those things where the premier league clearly have their house in order um and it it would be very very interesting to see how city kind of worm their way out of this one uh, like they did on a technicality with the the previous uefa um finding against them so yeah fascinating to watch And, uh, well, I'm going to wait Johnny's at the end because I think it might be the most explosive. Patrick, um, this came out, obviously, we were, we've were we been in quite a few title challenges with, with uh, Man City the last couple of seasons, certainly in the Klopp era, and I don't think it, for some reason, doesn't relate to some of those. But, um, just like myself and Stephen, completely stunned, I take it, by this news. Yeah, yeah water is wet. Pope Francis is a Catholic. Burr's defecate <laughs> in the woods. Man City or cheats. It's just a tale as old as time till about well two thousand and nine. Um, it's clear they've been cooking the books for a while, and hopefully it's all coming home to roost now for the lot of them. Um, yes, and it's it's really disheartening because they might get out of it on some sort of technicality or take it to the court of arbitration for sport and pay the best barristers and lawyers this and that. But um, yeah, it's been clear for a while. There's been something fishy going on. Hopefully the fallout is absolutely spectacular. I would love that. I think it's all it's all I can hope for now that ever put our shit. <laughs> Breton, um, so obviously people are some people in this group even are wanting to turn the magnifying glass on yourselves after this city investigations over and done with. But that's maybe for a different day. But this has come through, and I think you will actually you awarded a title, and maybe not, but you were in title challenges with them as well during this era from two thousand and nine. Man City cheating, um. It's just like, I think it's taken too long, hasn't it really, for what's come out? 
Yeah, I did look actually at, and to see who the uh, title winners would be if Man City were taken away. We weren't one of them, so I just just lost interest. Um, I think it <laughs> it literally would go Liverpool United, Liverpool United, United. There are, are like two or three of them there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us are surprised. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll chat about it more um i haven't read a huge amount today um it just seemed to come out this morning and then bombarded with with tweaks and articles haven't really got around to properly looking into it but i'm sure it'll drag on um as patty says they'll they'll try their best to get out of it i think one of the things i did read was they can't bring it to the court arbitration for sport maybe someone um can shed a bit more light on that um but yeah as for the other um issue i think somebody still still a bit bruised about the midrick stuff so um the person who hasn't spoken yet um, mod i think he means you uh, we'll get to midrick down the line don't worry about that sir keep all your anger for this Cousin man Mudrick. city oh mudrick um man city the charges 100 rules or something broken all day with player payments manager payments different things uh your current manager obviously was there as well the while, so he might have an insider uh, inform what was exactly going on but where do you think Man City go next Mud or where do you think the league can go next what do you think is going to happen where would Man City go next probably to the conference like would be lovely wouldn't it nice um, and just just while he just mentioned it there Brenton Mudrick isn't a real Mud because he's only got one D alright so he can go <laughs> fuck himself Um. <laughs> I think it's a, it's an interesting time for this news to break, isn't it? Um, oh, was it as a Gary Neville? I heard someone today saying it's going to fire up the Man City players now to help them push on for the title. Like, I think Pep is trying to like completely big brain this whole thing, and if he took the league seriously this year, he probably would be fucking twenty points ahead. But sure, that's a different matter. Um, it's hardly surprising Man City have cheated. I mean, there's probably other clubs that have done the same. Not going to mention any names right now but I mean it's probably out there there's probably other clubs that have done it um, it'll just be it'll be interesting to see what happens with it Like it'll, it'll be a while you know it'll not be like this will be sorted out this season or probably not even next season so they'll get away with it for now while they'll probably a few brown envelopes the whole usual jazz you know that's how Man City been I think I, I was listening to Five Live today and they were talking about how City were paying Mancini with a club in Dubai, basically yeah. were doubling his wages in when he was at Man City. So, like you're going back to to that era, like that's what ten years ago. It's mm-hmm. it's so shady, like but like I said, it's nothing that we didn't expect, and you wouldn't um you wouldn't see that happening in North London, like but you know, not that we know of, not that we know, um, but you know that... we've three informatives there in North London now. They probably leaked all this information. So, <laughs> I mean, if is you're sponsored true? by Visit Rwanda, I wouldn't be throwing any aspersions about sponsorships. <laughs> I was literally about to mention Rwanda too. Look, Steve, <laughs> I have highlighted Arsenal sponsors in the past. It's not just Visit Rwanda. There's another one, friggin' Sport something Io, whatever the flip it is. But I mean, we could literally go through all of our club sponsors and find dodgy dealings with every single one of them so i mean it's not yeah. just us exclusively and i mean at least we didn't make up half these fucking sponsors you know well that's it yeah <laughs> that's very true i mean liverpool is sponsored by carlsberg and it's pure pish water it's just as bad really isn't it to be honest um just to summarize basically what has been going on in a brief the statement was not brief but 
I'm going to make this brief. Man City obviously were have been charged with breaking rules, numerous rules, uh, that sort of around in as, as Jonathan said, payments to players and managers and rumination and different things going on from seasons 2009 right up to 2014 and then on from on from then on to 2017 18 as well um loads of different rules broken in profitability and sustainability without the league and obviously the regulations that apparently have in place um so it, it's far too detailed to start naming them off in this podcast and, and you'll see them all over online <clears throat> on any news outlets basically have it all run, up running bbc sport athletic the guardian whatever you get it um but it is uh as we've all sort of sarcastically got across there, the least, sh- I think the least, the second least I've been shocked this weekend after people were slapped by Wolves was this coming out um, this morning. Uh, just like, it, it was, it's been fairly obvious. And, and again, like, the, the blame doesn't go on the players. Like, it's not a player's fault that they're at Man City and they're getting paid whatever or, it's this goes higher, and and what is hilarious for me, apart from all this, and potentially um, uh, them having the hand Stephen Gerrard a title, uh, and Mourinho winning one at Man United, which would be very funny too, um, is that, and I won't talk about myself, my own the Liverpool fan base is a lot of the Liverpool fans that have like Qatar or, uh, Bahrain flags as their now their Twitter handles or social media handles, laughing and joking about this thinking this is class, look what's happened City, and really not seeing in front of them what you could, really be careful what you wish for, and this is, we've been calling for this, we've all said this, same thing with what's been on with PSG, everyone is looking at Newcastle um, under a magnifying glass, waiting for stuff like this to happen, this is what happens when certain um, countries basically own a football club and have, and have done this, and this is the way they've run it, and it, it, it's been too long <laughs> in coming down the line. My worry for this is not that City are going to get done. I think City are going to get caught or charged and then obviously found guilty of all this is that it, it could take two, three more years down the line. And City are in a title race at the minute with Arsenal and Manchester United. Don't let him say a word, Stephen. I know what you're going to say. They're in a title challenge with them at the minute and City potentially win this, say, win the next one. But it's just completely tainted. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, when you grey out something um, and it's just in a shadow uh, on like a computer software, if you do it on Excel, you grey something out so you don't see it. They're still there, but nobody's really going to give a shit about them. And that's the whole thing. Like I got round to beforehand when I was talking to you, Johnny, about Man City winning this league over Arsenal because as a friend, all I want is for you to face pain. And that's why I'd rather the Man City would have won it because you wouldn't win it. But because I don't give a shit about um, Man City, any other team, we want a class title challenge, but I really couldn't do it. Man City do because we all know what's been going on. You know, we all, we've like everyone has been calling it, and people have been calling us people paranoid and different things, and people been wishing that they had this type of ownership. This is this is what's coming down the line, and what I hope, and uh, I'll let Steve come in next after me when I finish. I hope this is a point where the Premier League. And then UEFA and then FIFA. Now, I know I'm being optimistic here. I am. I always try and be optimistic in life, but I know I'm being very optimistic here. This is the full stop. This is the point where they go right. Where we have to, we're going to nail the Sky Blue Rangers here. We're going to nail them and show that what they've done is wrong. We're going to make an, uh, an example of them and then market and start going, doing things right. Salary cap, or wage cap, sorry, um, transfer cap, Transfer limit, fucking non-enforceable. Thirty-one players. Like that was insane. 
Like that can't that things like this, all this brought in, feed more money down the line to the to the lower leagues and start to really bring football back. Do you know what I mean? Whether they do it or not, um is a different matter. But this is a chance, I think, that certainly the Premier League and the FA in England have a chance to make their first step towards it, making things a bit more balanced and instead of letting things run away. Because all you hear now is every player that's worth their salt is a hundred million pound price tag. Or not worth it. So every player that does something for six, seven months. I'm not. That's nothing to do with Enzo Fernandez. By the way, I think he's an unbelievable player. But every player that does something, six or six or seven months, or even Jude Bellingham, he's only nineteen, hundred and fifty million. This is insane. Like, this needs to stop. It's not sustainable. It is absolutely daft. It's sick. Actually, it's it's it, it's fucking completely broken. But there's a chance I think now, um, that they could put a mark in this, draw a line in the sand and start again and really start to regulate football from the top to the bottom. Um, but Steve, what do you make of all of it and how do you think it goes from here? Um, I think there's a few things. The, the first thing I'd say is, is that, like, I think credit to the Premier League, you know, the, these allegations first kind of really surfaced in 2018 when their Spiegel released those internal emails that showed they'd been repeatedly breaching financial fair play in Manchester City and everyone was up in arms and kind of saying, well, why aren't the Premier League doing something? But you can see from the statement today, they've clearly been very, very careful to find every single breach that they possibly could. Um, And to me, it's just fascinating because like, I think you just have to look at a Manchester City home game to realise that the support for that club isn't there, right? Um, They aren't a club whose jerseys you see walking around town very often. So this idea that they were legitimately making the kind of money they needed to be spending the kind of money they were spending, never, just never sat right at all. And then when all these revelations started coming out over the last two years about like, sponsors like massive money sponsors who had no websites uh, a betting company that whose ceo her picture was taken from you know a stock image site um like the the quicksand on which the manchester city project has been built it, it was inevitably going to come down and i think it's really just a matter now of seeing what the punishment is like I, i'm with you i think city have Really, realistically, last year, look what they did. They were able to spend 100 million on Jack Reedish and leave him sitting on the bench for most of the season. Um, when you can do that, I think that's when football is, is is in real trouble. But I think that's a separate separate thing. I think spending is what it is, and it's probably only going one direction. I think where the fairness comes in, and all our clubs, I think maybe with the exception of of Arsenal, have kind of engaged in that kind of level of of, of purchase. But all our clubs have massive income from sponsorship deals and from legitimate income from sponsorship deals and from crowds and from TV money and things like that. The Manchester City just couldn't claim. Um, and I think for me, I think the punishment has to be incredibly harsh. I think you have to set an example because you, there's no time limit here. If, 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 if it takes another two years to get this done, so be it. Because City can't do what they did with the UEFA thing, which was was basically win it on a default that 
they you know is out of time um in terms of punishing them and things like that that can't happen in this case so that's why it can't go for the to the court of arbitration for sport um because there's there's no there's no grounds for appeal essentially so they can't appeal it whatever the decision is yeah um and so for me i i think it has to be and like it's like look i'm not going to celebrate any titles if you know you were to be given any titles that they they got from this at all like right because that's not what it's about but though every single title including the aguero title is absolutely tainted you know it, it comes with a massive asterisk beside it um and the only fair way of of dealing with that is just just get rid of them from from the history books like just just get rid of them and then relegate them um they'll get back up of course they will but it's the only suitable punishment is to strip them of every title won in the time that this cheating was happening because they were only winning these titles in these competitions because they were cheating it's not like the two things are unrelated they weren't suddenly they weren't this great football club that was pretending uh, or that was that was just having all this money coming in and not doing any. They were literally buying titles and buying trophies, so the punishment should be commensurate to to to, to the crime. And for me, that's stripping of titles and relegation. And I I don't think I don't think that would be too harsh on them at all. I really don't. I think it's the the fitting punishment for what's gone on here. Ah, uh, <clears throat> I'm the same as you. Like I don't I'm not celebrate per se. Like I'll not be. Um, cheering or roaring because Liverpool have won titles, but I'll cheer and roar and I'll laugh very loud as I mentioned there at the start of the show if they get stripped of these titles and they disappear off into um League Two or none, whatever it is, their sent or whatever happens. Who knows how far they'll go down? But Paddy, like we've we've seen big clubs recently um get deducted points and like even Juventus last month, I think it was deducted fifteen. Barcelona had financial uh, difficulties and they were hit with um, sanctions last year. So who knows where it goes here for Man City? Like, I don't, it could be another Rangers where, where they're just wiped off and sent back and have to start again. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's hard to see. It's hard to see. Hard to see that happening. Though I, I don't know what the punishment will be. I don't know if they'll strip titles. I don't know what they'll do. Um, but. It'll definitely be interesting to see. Like I know Saracens and the rugby were stripped of seventy points one year to ensure they finished bottom of the league and were relegated. Like they just spent the I think one season in the championship in rugby, but uh, I don't know if they'll do something like that, like a really harsh points deduction, which means certain relegation. Probably not this season, but um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I have no idea what they'll do. Not a clue. But you know they have probably gotten ill-gotten gains over the last while by inflating these deals and it should be punished because you know as it's been mentioned by, by Stephen and others there like it is it is cheating um same way Saxons did it with a salary cap on a much lower level like City have basically been doing it by buying players so yeah it's um that's frustrating as a Liverpool fan because they've been the one that, that's beat us to the punch quite a bit over the last few years but Maybe they'll get deducted points this season, and then Arsenal's title will be a, will be a bit meaningless. You're like an Aspects kind of one. I can Great. hear him on mute, Fume. I can hear him roar from his back garden. I mean, John, it would, would be an Asterix against it if we weren't five points clear with the game in hand, Patrick. It's different when you finish behind them in the league, like Liverpool have so many times, but 
I'm not going to know that one right now. So you're saying He's you are going to win the league? confident now. Yeah, you're very, very, very confident there, brother. Well, I mean, the last time we talked about Arsenal in the title race <laughs> was October. So, I mean, so we are a good few months you ahead. Talked like. about them. Last time hmm? you talked about them. No, well, the last October. time I was on a podcast must have been literally the end of October or November. So. Yeah. But, yeah. Going to win the league, aren't we? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> There we go. There we go. It's out. Um, it's fucked. I just thought uh, I just give the crowd what they wanted, didn't I? I know you wanted it, and I give it to you. So there you go. Brandon, Brandon, what would you? What do you think should happen, City? Um, I don't think it will happen. Like I, I think, um, like Paddy saying about this season, um, I think not a chance. Like I, I think, um. <clears throat> They they had no warning, Man City, that um this was coming. So um they'll they'll need time to read everything over and they'll be given months to do that and prepare their case and um as has been mentioned before, lawyer up um in the uh, the best way possible, I'm sure. Um but it'll I think it'll it will be years. Um we might get tidbits um, as we go along, but um, you know what? My fear is that you know I would love them to get relegated to the national league or whatever it may be out of the football league altogether and sort of get what they deserve. Um, but realistically, they'll probably even if they get titles, you know, stripped. Um, doesn't mean a huge deal to me um it's because it's been and gone as 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 you guys have mentioned like nobody's gonna you know go out and do an up, open top bus tour um of a Premier league they won in 2014 you know or whatever it is so um the i think the important thing is now you know Obviously, there'll be hype around it now for a week or two, um, and then it'll all die off. But um, it seems like the Premier League have have really done their homework. Hopefully, they continue to do so and you know push this through, um, and you know don't get um, don't let City you know get out of it on a technicality. And I think that seems um, it seems like what the the way they've approached it, the Premier League, like the the it seems to be airtight at the minute, um, but you know, city or city. Though the interesting thing for me is, um, you know, Pep's reaction to it, and you know he's been he's come out in the past, um, and I would say staunchly defended the owners and and their approach and, um. You know, he said he's been reassured that everything's um, above board, and um, you know he has. They have his full backing. So, um, I mean, I think his press conference this this week before um, Man City play Villa will be very, very interesting to to tune into um, to see if his tone has changed at all, um, or to see if he's just you know gonna um, toe the party line. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll drag on for years. Um, they they may or may not get titles stripped, but 
at the same time, I think we're still going to see Man City hanging around like a bad smell for for a good while to come. And they just like I think we've said this before, like you particularly feel like the the feel quite irrelevant anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And as Steve has said, like you you know, even yes, like locally, I know we're not in England, but. Um, you don't see Man City tops. You don't hear of any of their fans, even on Twitter. Like you know, usually uh, like those we like. There's just endless amounts of of Liverpool and Arsenal nerds, um, just spouting shite. Like, but at least you know they actually are fans. Um, Man City, you don't really even get it because um, you know this these global fans and um, this huge fan base that they have doesn't really exist. Like, and I think that's the point they've been inflating um, all of this. Um, and something did sort of not add up when um, they were like ahead. It went ahead of like United and Real Madrid and like commercial earnings and stuff like that. It just, um, it kind of all makes sense now um, that we thought, you know, something doesn't add up um, when things like this were being released. And, and it seems that now, you know, we have the full picture. I know one Man City fan. He's, he's actually a football writer, a journalist for the Telegraph, the newsletter. He's been one all his life. Um, but I kind of wish I was with him this weekend now just so I could ask him if he had any, you know, anything to say on his... Um, on his tainted titles, I like. I think well, to finish this up, and we'll move on from Man City because Yank Lampard was sacked, so we'll have to get talking about that. Um, <laughs> the I I don't I, I don't necessarily think titles will get stripped. I don't think any of us, if it was all mentioned, really gave a shite if they get stripped. It's the it's the relegation, um, that I want the most. Get them to fuck, make them suffer, and also you know, if Kevin De Bruyne wants to come play at Anfield on a free transfer. If Liverpool, I'll not you know, we'll not say no to it. Like, um, that's one thing I want to ask. He's all to go around the house. Who, if you if you had the chance to take one player from Man City now, Paddy, who's it? Who is it you're taking? And I know you're going to say Haaland anyway, but why is it Haaland? No, I'd actually take Bernardo Silva, and I'd make him do like errands around Anfield. I'd make him like. <laughs> Clean, clean <laughs> toilets, uh, wipe arses, go and fetch teas and, teas and coffees for people. Um, I think I'd probably prefer that more. <laughs> One of those is way <laughs> more harsh than the other three. Other two. Like. <laughs> <laughs> One of those is weird, but uh, whatever. Clean coffee, uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mod, who would you take? I'd take... Um, is it Rodrigo? Is that the boy plays defensive mid? Yeah. I what about Jorginho? What? What about Jorginho? Jorginho? Well, he doesn't play for Man City, does he? No, but you're already. You mean because you already have him? But like, what? But we're not we're not talking about Jorginho yet. Like, he obviously wants to come play for the biggest club in London. I can understand that. Like, but here we go. I mean, I'd take Rodrigo because uh, retire- oh, the Emirates retirement home. You because you might you might need a. I mean, literally at. Chelsea fan trying to slag Arsenal at the minute. It's just so not on. Like so, let's not go there. He's not listening. He's not listening. Brenton, I know he's not. Brenton, who would you take? <laughs> Love riling him up. Yes, get him riled. 
Never mind getting them railed. Who would you take out of Man City for free when they get relegated here, sir? No, no. Todd Bully would still pay a fucking hundred million for them anyway, <laughs> even if they were getting them for free. So, um, I mean, it would have to be Holland. Nice. Chelsea don't have a striker to speak of, like, um. So yes, Erling, please. And Stephen, who would you take? Um, Phil Foden and send him on loan to Blackburn or somewhere. Um, just even <laughs> rot somewhere, little prick. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ! That was a great choice, Deeper. Jesus Christ! Absolute violence. I was like, I'd take Kevin De Bruyne because he's a Liverpool fan. Let him play for Liverpool. Fucking. This is what Casemiro has done. This day, did you see that? This is what <laughs> Casemiro has done to him. He just wants two, to like choke people with his hand. Two, now. He just, like, literally choke them. Two people on here want fucking ill health, from, which uh, you know what? Actually, fair bit. Um, it also would take Pep and uh, just make him be Klopp's assistant. But like, Klopp tells him everything he has to do, and he, he can't say anything about it. He just has to listen. I mean, you might stuff. need a new manager by the end of the year, so like you never. Yeah. Know. Um, we might do actually. I think Klopp will might walk, but um, I'm sure Klopp leads... just used to. Send Pep, isn't he, for his assistant anyway? So it'd work yeah, out. so it'd be handy, look. It'd, so, it'd be so handy. Um, other, other punishment should be district to Man City because Pep Guardiola, I think every time Pep Guardiola spits unnecessarily, Man City <laughs> should be docked one point from the table. Like, why is he on the sidelines spitting all the time? Does my fucking head in. <laughs> why are you noticing him spit? I have never noticed. <laughs> You'll never stop seeing it now. He's always spitting. Uh, so yeah, point every time. Yeah, I, I've seen it on there. We stupid spits as well. Like there's, there's nothing really coming out like apart from early. Awful, <laughs> Is it like your wee typical hard lad spit from Craigavon? Like you know them wee yeah, lads yeah. talk about and just do the wee. T- yeah, like uh, like he's not Gaelic manager. I think it's it's the dairy manager. He Rory Gallagher. If you see him, he's always spitting on his hands and rubbing them together. But he literally spits about a hundred <laughs> times a minute. It's actually weird. Um. Nice. I enjoyed that violence towards the end there. Uh, yes, uh, well, Klopp, Klopp might. We might need a new manager down the line, but one club that does need a new manager is Leeds. Um, the Leeds scum, sorry, it just came out of me. Uh, they, they need a new manager now. He's gone. Yank Lampard has been relieved of his duties. Um, I know, Brenton, obviously, you were, you were a massive fan of Jesse March and loved his work. They've been linked tonight, actually, with Areola at... <laughs> um, and Rayo Vallecano, who's done brilliant, brilliant job with Rayo Vallecano. And if you had a chance to watch any of them this season, it, it, they're very Bielsa-esque, um, very energetic, uh, brilliant football side to watch. So you'd imagine that's maybe where that link's coming from and Leeds think we need to get someone in here. Obviously, Sean Dyche has gone to Everton, so they don't have a relegation saviour in that. But interesting time for Leeds because, I'll start with you, Brenton, they're, they're right on the cusp of a relegation. Well, they're in a relegation battle and they're just part me in 17th and it would be kind of catastrophic for them to go back down again so quickly yeah um you're right i was one of his biggest fans um <laughs> fucked about um with like an american basically a bad american bielsa um and i don't even like bielsa um just yeah the i think leads fans like the idea of him because he 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 sort of continued a similar style of football um but that football um was not working in the premier league and that's why bielsa got sacked and it, it 
made absolutely zero sense to me to try and continue that style. You know, you only do that if it's working. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't going well. Um, and the results that came after, um, didn't really surprise me to be honest. Um, I think they don't have the, you know, obviously beat by Forest on Sunday. Um, I think it's either is it eight or nine games without a win in the Premier League or something. Um, which is one of the worst runs going. Um, just everything's there. There seems like there's no, um, sort of plan. Uh, when they either go a goal in front or a goal behind, um, kind of nothing ever changes depending on, um, context and what's happening in the game. Um, they just kind of have one way of playing, and um, if it doesn't particularly work on that day, then you know they they concede a lot of goals. Um, and it's, the Premier League is hard; like it's not going to work. Um, so I think Leeds, if they want to to stay in the Premier League, are better kind of um. Trying not to concede as many goals. Uh, I know that sounds stupid, but sort of shoring things up a little bit. Sean Dice probably would have been good for them, to be honest. Um, in the meantime, kind of um, go back to the drawing board. Don't try to half continue Bielsa's um, style of football. Um, but I think they're in grave danger of going down, to be honest. I think, um, obviously, we saw it at the weekend that. Um, Dice has come in and made an immediate impact um, at Everton. I think Everton have a better squad, better players than than Leeds do. I think they're in grave danger of going down, and it wouldn't really upset me that much, to be honest. Uh, Paddy, do you think Leeds are dust? Um, I think I think that they lack a lot of experience. I think there's lots of young players in that squad. Um, who maybe don't have the the know how to, to stay up, especially if they're if they're bringing in a manager like you mentioned, if, if that's possible, like the Rio Vallecano manager, he doesn't scream savior. It's usually like a kind of tried and tested kind of uh, Neil Warnock, you know, Sam Allardyce, someone to come in and just shore it up for for a few months. And um, he would seem like an appointment maybe for the long term. Um, but yeah, no leads. Leeds have some very, very good players, and I think they have an interest in recruitment. And there's some of their players I would definitely, I would definitely take at, at Liverpool, for example. But I do agree with what Brendan says there about Everton. Um, I think as poor as they've been, they've still got players there that I would, I would trust to keep me in the division rather than some of the Leeds guys. I think Southampton are total dog shit. Um, so I think they're bad enough that they're. I struggle to see them actually staying up. And then you could easily get someone else dropping back in there, like Bournemouth or or somewhere like that. So I think Leeds will 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 go close uh, and could easily kind of could easily kind of drop down. Yeah, I I, <clears throat> I don't know about you, Johnny, but I I do I think the bottom three is going to be Leeds, Bournemouth, and Southampton. I think it's going to be nailed on fairly soon as well because like. I really hope Leeds don't go for Sam Allardyce. That would be horrendous. But um, I think they will go for someone like Areola. But I just, they look beaten. Like, and yesterday, 
I think especially the second half against Forest, they were fucking awful. Yeah, I didn't watch them because they're shite, and I really don't care if they were in or not. <laughs> there you to go. To be quite honest with you, um, yeah, they're they're just not the the same. I mean, I would have stuck leads on in the past because I knew they played decent football, but they're just boring. Really, really boring. And the teams that are the three teams that are in the bottom three deserve to be there and probably deserve to go down. I think Nottingham Forest have turned it around incredibly, like from where they were to where they are now. Like, I, I suppose you are right. The thirty-one players probably has helped um, get them out of that mess. Like, but fair play to Steve Cooper. Like, he, I thought he was going to be dust there about a month or two ago, and there he is mm. getting them up the league again. So fair play to him. Um, yeah, hope don't really care about Leeds. Stay up, do, go down, do, lads. Do whatever you do want. Any of you, um, do any of you think uh, uh, there has been like some chat about Bielsa coming back in, which I think is one of the stupidest things ever, but do you think there's like mer- any merit in that at all? Or I think there was talk about his, isn't his, his former assistant at West Brom, I think they talked about him being one of the favourites to come in, but whether or not he'll leave West Brom is obviously a different story because they're doing quite well, but I think they'd be stupid to go back to him. Like, you know, you've seen clubs go back to previous managers and they might get a wee bit of a bounce, but long term, it just really doesn't work out. Um, the only one I can think of in recent memory that's had any sort of success doing that has been David Moyes going back to West Ham. But look at them this year. They haven't been particularly great. Like, so mm. I think they're better having somebody who's would get them out of a relegation scrap, but probably more long term rather than just six months to keep them up in the Premier League. Like. West yeah, Ham only a point above Leeds, like, and they play the game yeah, more. Yeah, I, I just think the other teams will, um, you, you might get that new manager bounce, Steve <clears throat> coming here next as well, that obviously Everton have got and will do, but that's because of Sean Dyche, like, and, um, I, like, I, 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 I hasn't been, he hasn't been linked yet, but <clears throat> this Ange Postogli, the Celtic manager, should be getting linked to a job like Leeds, I know we joke and joke uh, about Leeds and different things because we don't care, but, they're they're a big bigish club with a big fan base, like, and um, that's the type of job he should be certainly. I think link with next because if you watch his Celtic time, what he's doing there, they've just been brilliant. I know they're in the Scottish league, and that's always a caveat for it, but they're a really good side to actually watch at times. And um, someone like that that I think would do quite well in the Premier League. And there's jobs coming up left, right, and centre. So you just wonder when he's gonna be approach for that but that is it hasn't been linked yet but that is I don't know where Leeds if I was Leeds I would obviously this is the main focus is this year and this is the big one stay in the Premier League and go this year but you're right Johnny you, you don't want the Sam Allardyce for six months and then you're back to square one to start the next season you know you want someone that's going to be coming in that's going to keep us in this year do and you then look to uh, well, I'm just wondering like do they not need somebody like that for literally until like hire somebody like that they probably do like, but yeah, like just, just hitting you see it happen so much like it's just fucking I, I just I think it's a stupid like it, it, when it doesn't work then you're you're royally fucked whereas They'll if you're not coming in don't they won't like it just again, fucking that's what you teams that. do they just bring him in and he'll put him in for five months yeah. what about Martin O'Neill god no Absolutely not. That's <laughs> an horrendous decision. Um, from Forest to uh, to Leeds, fuck. Um, no, I, I think they need. They do need to get the next person. It's very important, and it might be a case they do go down this year. But there's plans in place to come back up. 
next year. So it needs to be sort of someone that they can't. This they're a bit unstable at the minute after Bielsa is gone. Jesse Marsh didn't feel right. I know we kept them up last year, but it just never felt like this was going to last. It didn't. I don't know what you all thought. It just didn't feel like that. I just thought eventually he's going to get chopped, and um, the next person in has to sort of be someone with a bit of a project on that they can. Look, if they go down, it's horrendous this year, but they're going to come straight back up, or at least try to anyway, and then build on from there. A bit like what Dice did when he started at Burnley. And he went down, then he came back up, and he built them up and built them up. That's what Leeds need to be sort of looking at, I think, if if it is going to go down, not just a, a fire, someone to try to put out fires this season, and then you get the summer, and you're like, right, we'll start again, and now we'll start the championship, because then you're limited to who you can get. Do you know? Play, play you should go for Graham Potter. <laughs> well, yeah, managers that's, that's his level, like. But like, there was deserve. would have been unreal. You know, there, there's managers out there that they can get that can do a job and can also um, implement a really exact, exciting um, football uh, plan in place and also keep them marching up through the league. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know what you make of it, Steve. Obviously, I mean, if Leeds go, that's a handy six points for you. I know it's a handy six points gone if if, mm, if Leeds are out. Playing them twice in a week isn't ideal. Um, no, you don't want the new manager bounce. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So they have a chance of a double bounce there. Um, no, I, I do you know what? I gave Jesse March um, manager of the year uh, last year because I, they Leeds had no business staying up last year, and he did really really well to get them to stay up. But it's funny, Brendan mentioned that like when they go one up or one down they don't seem to have a plan nothing seems to change and when he came into when he came into the league i remember reading uh something from a european football journalist and it said that he is the one of the best managers in the world when his side is is at nil nil but doesn't know how to adapt to games once something changes in the middle of a game and i just thought that was fascinating that that's kind of come home to roost like i wonder how much of the decision is down to the the teams around them doing well this weekend, like Forest, Leicester, Wolves are winning, West Ham drawn, mm. Everton obviously winning. Like I wouldn't be writing leads off just yet. I think anyone up to Crystal Palace is probably still in trouble. Um but yeah, they they Ooh. don't look good. Like they don't look Sorry, good. I just um, had a Look at the table there and just make sure we were above Crystal Palace. You're above them. It's okay. You're oh. above, you're above Crystal Palace. Absolute yeah. Die of relief. <laughs> but uh just just above them but yes we just, are above just them about, yeah 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 no i think even villa are safe at this stage you know uh but yeah i think there's so many points still to be lost there at that, that bottom like i mean nobody probably predicted like a wolves well maybe liverpool fans but like you know nobody was banking on wolves getting three points this weekend uh west ham getting that draw that kind of thing everton even winning like i mean that was probably you know, wasn't expected of. I predicted all. that. Well, you I did, yeah. To be fair, you did. You did. You did say it was. I told you all. Yeah. Put money on it. It's, I'm, I know. Pity I'm not a gambling man. You know. Um, but I, 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 like, I think, I think whoever comes in, there's that's, you know, they're obviously scum leads, but like it's, yeah. you know, a relatively <laughs> decent sized club, um, and I think going down the Allardyce route just to survive a season just you, you know what's going to happen you'll be looking for a new manager again this time next year like that's the result of going that way 
Um, but then can they afford to take, you know, the longer term view unless you're willing to accept, look, we'll go down, we'll, re- we'll resettle for a year and we'll come back up playing a style of football that we, we want to play. Because I don't think Bielsa and, and, and Marsh were, were similar at all. I thought Marsh football is much more narrow. It's it, everything is concentrated kind of up through the middle, whereas you know, Bielsa at least she's wingers and things. But I got like, from a kind of manic point of view, I can see that they came from 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 the same kind of school of thought. But yeah, look, I I, I would have been happier if it had come after the two United games because I'd have I'd have fancied United's chances of getting six points over the the next two. Um, but I'm not sure now because again, caretaker managers, players pl- trying to play for positions, and it's it, it's it's a it's it's come a bad time i would have liked to hold on for another week but i understand exactly why they've done they've done it as well <laughs> yeah i think i yeah i was um sorry phil I just, no go ahead just about the the style of play i that's what i was talking about was the chaotic sort of you know back and forth um we're attacking we're defending we don't know what we're doing sort of um, energy. Oh yeah, in that regard, they're um, absolutely similar. Yeah, one hundred percent. And the the it's interesting what you said there about uh, Jesse Marsh being more through the middle, and probably the fact he hasn't had Bamford for quite a while now has massively worked against them because when he's fit and firing and on form, he's definitely you know a top half Premier League striker. I think, um, and he's really really struggled. To get goals out of others, um, and, and even say, Bamford, his... like I know he's coming off the, you know, he's rusty or whatever. But there was a couple of touches he had at the weekend, and honestly, if you saw it in a like a local five side game, you'd be expecting the lad to be pulled off. Like you know, yeah. it was he was poor Bamford. Um, but again, like again, when you're but, that, but when he is good. Player, yeah, that's you know, it. When no, yeah, good. when he's good, he's really good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but like that. That and that's 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 sometimes it. With but like, how much of it is down to the manager getting the most out of a player? Obviously, injuries obviously are a factor. But how much of it is a manager getting as much out of a player, and how much of it is the player just deciding, well, this lad's not going to be around to manage me, you know, later on this year. So I'll I'll save my energy for when the new guy comes in. Um. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of there is definitely a bit of luck involved, I think, in some of these things. And where it, it all went for Jesse Marsh last year, it's absolutely gone the other way from this year. Yeah, another club without a manager in the Premier League race, and another manager only gets about a year, and then he's boofed. That is our realities of the Premier League. Um, one manager who is under a bit of pressure. Well, yeah, he's under pressure, but I don't know what. Well. We don't know all what's going on. Is obviously Jurgen Klopp now. Melissa Reddy had a an article out the other day about some of the issues going on in behind the club. It is very obvious to see things aren't right. Michael Edwards deciding to leave. Julian Ward only being who took over Michael Edwards as sporting director, only being in charge four or five months, and he decided to leave. Uh, things have come out. I also heard as this is not an in the know or source or anything. It's just a friend of the pod who knows someone who heard something. So you know, it, it's just going to going to chuck us into the podcast. And um, mightn't mean anything. Who knows that? Um, part of the friction happened with some of the signings. Um. So Tiago was signaled out by uh, management. 
and uh, Klopp and Pep Linders. Ward and Michael Edwards didn't necessarily think that Thiago would have been a good signing. Uh, they obviously worked off data and different things. wasn't one they wanted to go for, but it was overruled, and that's who they were going for. And that started sort of the friction along those lines. Likewise, Cody Gakpo uh, wasn't one that had been identified, but management uh, of the club of the team sorry team management uh Klopp and, and Linders or whoever supposedly they went ahead with it anyway this is who they want to go with and they were overruled and that's where friction started to happen and Liverpool have been sort of lauded for a couple of years now because they've been such a well-run club and the way they've done things transfers the way they've they've bought players from say like even relegated clubs or, or lower down or players a little bit unknown They've bought and brought them in on decent fee, done very well with them, made them in the superstars, some of them, or sold them on, done very well. And it all seems to be sort of unraveling and falling apart. It's it's weird that it's happened um, the way it has. It's also weirdly coincidental and weird that it's happened in Club 7 season again. And I just wanted to gauge, sorry, Paddy first, um, and then the rest of the lads can come in. What do you think Liverpool do next? How do you think they sort of can they turn us around the season? What what happens? And and do you think there's a possibility that Jurgen Klopp might decide? You know what? Just like he did with Dortmund, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, I can't change this, and it's time for a new man to take over. I really hope not. Um, I really hope Klopp doesn't go because I think he's, you know, one of the, the great things about Liverpool over the last you know six seven years is um, under his stewardship. I don't think there was any chance we would have won anything or come close to winning anything. Um, so he can only be lauded for what he's done. Um, I think you're right to allude to the fact that there was always a very harmonious working relationship between that recruitment team. So it was kind of headed up by the director of football, predominantly Michael Edwards, for most of that time. And then Mike Gordon, FSG president, and then Klopp himself. So it seemed like you know everyone had to sign off if a deal was going to go through, and it was all driven by data. Um, it's interesting you say about you know maybe Thiago and Gakpo's transfers were not, and it's quite obvious. And we've spoken at length about this fully when we're, when we're kind of bemoaning Liverpool's current fortunes. And um, Thiago, as brilliant a technical footballer he is, and he's absolutely glorious. Um, he's very unlike any midfield player Liverpool have had under Klopp, where we were always very workmanlike midfielders, shuttle runners, give the ball simple, you know, win it back high, give it to the, the front three to do the damage. We never really had a ball player. And I think Klopp wanted a player like Thiago to try and break the lines of teams who were starting to defend deeper and deeper against us. I felt like sometimes we had no plan B, and I think... The hope was he could bring that injection, and I don't blame that any put any blame at Thiago because I think probably over the last season and a half, arguably he's been one of our better players. But he he is definitely something different to what we're used to. Um, Gakpo's interesting. I although he scored a few goals in the World Cup, like I haven't been massively impressed by Gakpo. Um, I probably haven't seen enough of him other than the the qualifying game against qualifying games in the Champions League where they played Rangers and you and I watched one of those games together Philly and then some of the World Cup games Um, I just don't know about him yet so we'll have to see but it's hard to come into a team that's absolutely shite Um, and we are really really shite and I don't really know what's how what's going to fix it obviously there's uncertainty at the top as to who's going to be running the club and you know 
other investment or whatever. Um, and I really hope that uncertainty doesn't add to any kind of you know disillusionment from club and, and he might seek the leave. So I really hope we can just get through this season. It will be an absolute miracle if we finish anywhere near the top four. And I'd rather finish outside the European places than finish playing conference league football. Um, so I think just have a bit of a reset, try and go for a bit of a run in the Champions League if we can get our shit together and just get bodies in. Like it's clear there's lots of deadwood there, even midfield wise. You're probably not going to see Oxley, Chamberlain, Keita, Jones. Or although I'd keep them, arguably Milner might go. You know, we're going to need at least three midfield players plus, you know, maybe another smattering of players in other positions so that. There's a big rebuild needed, and there's no one I would trust more to do it than than Klopp. So that would be my take on it, anyway. Stephen, have you something to say? <clears throat> Just that I find it very, very funny. Um, Excellent. I mean, the Gakpo signing, like it. It just made no sense to me at all. Like it wasn't a player Liverpool needed, it wasn't a position Liverpool needed a player in, and it felt like this is very much to get one over on Manchester United. Um, but like, there feels like there's bigger. Like this isn't down to one or two players. This feels, as we've been speaking about over the course of this season, this feels like something fundamentally is wrong there. Um, it is weird that it just keeps happening in his seventh season. Um, for for whatever reason. Um, but everything just looks and feels bad. Like, um, you. I was looking at the there were stats there this evening about Darwin and and Salah, and it's like Darwin is scoring on fifty percent of the shots. Sorry, sorry, he's. Yeah, he's scoring on 50% of his XG, so his expected goals, he's only scoring on 50%, whereas Salah's scoring on like 70% or something like that. But Nunes is taking so many more shots than, than Salah in a game that it's actually stopping Salah from, from having the, the chances he needs to score. But that feels like a formational thing that you can kind of adjust and I know they've 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 moved Salah kind of they've bumped him out to kind of make room for for everything else that's happening but I don't know it all just feels off um and sometimes that's really difficult to correct within a season um <laughs> uh Patrick just put in her chat that Nunes takes more shots than a promo girl in Magaluf and he's he's not he's not wrong um so for me, for me, when 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 the the management, the team management, and the club management start disagreeing on players, there's an issue there, right? And you need to get yeah. it right, and you need to go back to well, what was it about the players that we did like, um, and when why can't we go back to signing to signing those players, um, mm. and and having this harmonious agreement, and it feels like. Maybe Klopp and and Pep Linders wanted to go in one direction with the team, and a, a, above him they wanted to go in another. And it goes big, you know. We were chatting about this a few weeks ago. It's like that gap in Liverpool's midfield between, you know, promising youngsters, 
and Premier League like stalwarts in the final year or two of, of of their professional careers, and nothing in between. And I think that's like both age wise, experience wise, and and, and skill wise, that's Liverpool's biggest problem. And to be thrown around hundreds of millions on on forwards when everybody can see where the the problems with Liverpool are like. I'd fancy my chances of walking through that Liverpool midfield at the moment. Um, it it's it's that open and that exposed. And honestly, Liverpool made Wolves look like a top four team. Uh, it looked like the Wolves that kind of excited everyone three or four years ago. Uh, again on 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 uh, at the weekend, and I I just keep on back. To it. I don't know how you fix it. It feels it feels mental. It feels physical, and it seems like it's it has taken kind of over every aspect of the club and that's so hard to fix. And I don't envy him. I don't think Liverpool will sack Klopp. I don't think that will happen. But could Klopp walk? I'm, I'm more and more edging towards that probably happening this year. Mm. Yeah, that's like, I was at Portadown with Lindhorn in the Irish Cup on Saturday, so I didn't, um, I didn't get to see the Liverpool match, but, and Paddy knows this because I said this to him and the other in the, Brothers will call it group chat. Um, the Liverpool are going to get slapped by Wolves. I saw it coming a mile off. They should have beat us in the FA Cup. Their midfield is much better than ours. Much better unit. Um, they look to be a lot healthier up front as well. Um, and you just were sort of wondering maybe maybe at the back were they maybe not as solid, but they were alright. Seemed to be on Saturday, but this has been coming. Um, I think Monday night against Everton. I mean, I'd be if I was an Everton fan, I'd be fairly disappointed if they don't beat Liverpool at Anfield, and it'll be the first time they probably get a chance to beat them in front of fans as well, which would be massive for Everton too, massive under Sean Dyche. Um, it just looks, um, it looks like a club that's just broken and a bit sick. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not really sure how they fix it. It's also like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. I don't even know if that's the right um, actually analogy for this because. There's a, a up in the air about who's going to buy it, and like, um, obviously, um, if it's certain ownership, uh, certain sport washing ownerships, although well, that happens now after what's coming out with Man City, um, then I'll walk away. And, and weirdly, like, and I talk about this to Sarah quite a bit, like, and I think I talk about the Brenton quite a bit. I ain't quite at, a, at peace with that, you know, with like walking away from it, um. Which is just it's sad too, but it's just this is really helping that cause <laughs> with them being absolutely dog shit. It's fairly easy to not pay attention to them, to not listen to podcasts about them, to unsubscribe memberships for certain podcasts about them. You you just can't be bothered reading or um watching anything about them because you just you just don't feel it. And it, as I said, it is very very easy to do that when <clears throat> when they are absolutely dog shit. And the thing as well one of the main f- functions for me is not just about the club, but it's just about the fan base too. Like they, I don't know if your fan bases do this, like, but Liverpool's especially eat themselves out. Um, when there's, when shit's against the fan, they really start to pick on each other. And it, it comes from both sides. It's not just, um, non-scousers. Scousers can be just a couple. They, they'll turn it into, um, like if you if you don't I had an argument with the fan if you're not going because I don't go to games like, like I can't afford to go to game I could afford to go to games sorry but I don't want to wait not waste but spend that money on me going over to Liverpool games all the time I'd rather spend it at home here with family and 
you four wankers, but things like that. But um, about how you're not a what is it? you're not a you're not a supporter. Then you're a fan, you know, because I I I watch from afar, and that's that type of bollocks. That's just like what the fuck. And I spent the day with um, Paddy's well, with Andrew Paddy's brother and friend Dougie. We went to Shamrock Park to watch Poor Down playing a Poor Down a shite, which is very funny. Sorry, Paddy, I know you're a Poor Down fan, but it's very very funny. And they're going to get relegated again, sorry, Paddy. But it's very, very funny, and I enjoy that because I get to laugh at my mates. And I went there, but I got to walk in, into the ground, uh, got to meet Beat, Smart Beat. It's been on this podcast before with me and Steve um, about American football. He's now the general manager of Portadown, and he says to me this line, "I get this is my full-time job, Phil. This he said to me in Saturday, full-time job, and it's my dream job. And I was in awe. I was like, fuck, you could do your dream job for your football club, Portadown. I walked into the wee bar underneath all the um, flags from other clubs that have played there, and you just got a real nice, uh, a real feel of it because it was like something that wasn't multi-millionaires running around, um, people that, you know, didn't seem to give a shit. And, like, as well, like, there's not a welcoming thing, but there's a sort of a, a different feeling to it than what you get from, obviously, my own Liverpool fan base at the minute and, and things that are going on. And I, that football is what I sort of crave, I think, more now, one that I can take Finn to every day or every Saturday sorry or something more than just this Liverpool one from far because this happens before when things when shit hits the fan the fan base just really show certain aspects of them how fucking wanky they are and if it is a new sport washing project it'll be very easy for me that'll be it out the gap see you later all the best but um, at the current state of what's going on with Jurgen Klopp it's, <laughs> he looks to me uh, and I'll let Johnny and Steve, um, uh, Brent come in next. He looks to me like he's beat. He he, he was asked, uh, Jonathan Pearson, Five Live, asked him on Saturday, like, where do you go from here? And he says, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to fix this. Um, and I did say in his press conference afterwards, I think Paul Roundtree asked him, was he the right man? Did he still think he was the right man for the job? And he said, absolutely, and he walked off. But Jonathan Pierce, he sounded like a different man. And he, he says, I, I don't know. And Jonathan Pierce says, you'll, you'll turn it around. You'll get it turned around. He says, well, hopefully. And away he went. Uh, and I'm going has... to just jump in here, right? Because I, yeah. I have relatively recent experience of at a very, very different level of, of what Jurgen Klopp is, is kind of going through. So last season, obviously, coaching the Dublin Rhinos did not go to plan at all. And we ended up getting relegated. And I felt that no matter what I did, no matter what we tried, no matter what we changed, everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. And at the end of the season, I took the decision that I was going to walk away um, as head coach and come back as like offensive coordinator because that's my strong point. Happy to, happy to do that and help out. But for, for the new guy who's come in, it's like it's like a different team. Right. You know, we've all of a sudden there's a different vibe around the place. Uh, everyone's kind of a little bit more buoyant. Everyone's a bit more excited. And part of that's to do with new season, new opportunity and stuff like that. But sometimes it's just about stepping away. Right. And sometimes it's about giving someone else a chance. And even though he's operating with all the same tools that I had to operate with, it feels different. So I kind of get what Klopp is saying in the sense that like sometimes it doesn't matter how how good you are as a person. It doesn't matter how 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 much effort you put in. 
sometimes it just goes. Sometimes the magic just goes. Like yeah. We all know we all know relationships that break up or where the couples are really, really happy. And sometimes it just stops being happy and those couples break up and things like that happen. That's that's life. And that feels like what's happening with Liverpool at the moment. And there's a sense of there's so much turmoil, right? There's so much turnover within the team. There's so much so many questions to be answered about ownership there's so many questions about you know Klopp's future because seven years is a long time in charge right um and look there's no he will he will go down as one of the most successful managers in Liverpool's history but there's also sometimes the right thing to do whether you you want to or not is to just take that step away. And that's the same as a fan as well. Like, you know, like, I like completely understand where you're coming from. Like, I've gone through phases with United where, you know, my, my motto has been the secret is not to care because then the wins, right, yes, the wins don't matter as much, but the losses don't take up your whole weekend the way they sometimes do. And now I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm starting to feel that again, like that, you know, the Arsenal loss, like honestly, like I, you know, I obviously come on this podcast and I talked it down and stuff like that, like, but the Palace draw and the Arsenal loss, like that was gutting, right? After everything that, and, and I didn't want it to be, I didn't want to feel like that again, but that's part of sport, I, I guess, that it just sucks you in sometimes and then you, you remember why you hated it and you love it at the same time. But I guess the, what I'm, ultimately trying to say is that like it might not feel like the smart move it might the best thing for for Klopp might be right okay let's just write the season off and go again next year but actually for everyone for Klopp for the club maybe it is time to just step away and let someone else do it um and maybe it's time for him for a new challenge and being re- reinvigorated and it'd be a shame because I think he's a great character I think he needs to put the glasses back on I think that's been a massive issue for uh for Klopp the aesthetic has changed um and you don't mess with a winning formula but I can completely see that frustration of trying everything changing everything fixing everything tweaking this tweaking that and it's still not working I think if yeah. if that's the case you have to kind of go well do you know what maybe it is someone else's turn because I think, and Brian, you can come in here now and then we'll finish off with yourself, Mud. I think, like, that squad is more than good enough to challenge. Um, there does need to be a, a body or two in the midfield, but um, with everyone's fit, sorry, I'm talking about it's one good, but I think, and some of this to another Liverpool friend, I think heavy metal is just burnt out, you know, and maybe someone else. I really don't want to have someone else with different ideas, different style of play. Someone like um, who's on the market, Lewis Enrique or something. Someone you know, something a little bit different. Um, is maybe the direction that Liverpool would go down. I don't want it to happen, but it, it does look like there need something needs to change. Whether it's Klopp, whether he gets rid of some of the coaching staff, whether he something needs to change anyway. Um. The club and the playing staff, there needs to be a big because they all just look, they look like they all don't like each other at times. They look like it's all just falling apart and certain signings aren't working either, which isn't helping. Um, strange, but Brenton, you've seen this like you've seen managers come and go, and Chelsea seem to come in. Like, look at look at Conte, for instance, he came in the next season after you had a season, I think it was 2015 16, just like Liverpool are having now, and then Conte won the league. Different club. Different, um, just 
mindset, different kind of management. I, I don't mean like the football manager. I just mean like the club. Um, and that's like you didn't probably really even need to come to me because because burnt out is what I was going to go for. Um, and you've just said it. Like, um, I think the um the real ideal would be for Klopp to still be there but change his style of football <laughs> um, and by that I mean I think there a lot of the players are tired they are burnt out um, they've given all for six seven years a lot of them to this system this way of playing um because of Klopp and how convincing he is and how good of a coach and a manager he is how good of a person he is how well he fits with the club um and that's probably where the the sort of back and forth is I would say and and kind of most Liverpool fans normal Liverpool fans heads is you know, they probably want Klopp, the person, still to manage their club because he fits in so well. Just even uh, not politically, but morally and um, his personality, um, just with the the values he brings seems to fit in so well with, with you know, that fan base. But... Um, that style of play and then that approach has maybe just caught up with him and caught up with some of the players and you're seeing it now reflected on the pitch. So um, it's hard. It's a hard one. Like, I don't know if he has it in him really to, you know, to rebuild his managerial style and to, and to also rebuild another squad. Um, For me, that's, uh, that's the ideal solution, but uh, you know you're probably right saying, is it the right time for for somebody else? Um, you know somebody like Klopp who is gonna bring their own style, but that's gonna reinvigorate the players and um, you know bring their own character. Like a massive Klopp's a massive character. Like the you know I think Carragher said. He's the one person he wouldn't change at the club, and he means his his character and his personality. I think, um, but whoever would come in to replace him, um, needs to needs to have that similar level. Um, so it's tough. It's a tough situation. Um, you know, for Liverpool fans, I think it would be it would be great if Klopp in some way. I don't know, just like had a holiday <laughs> and uh, mm. got himself sorted and um, had, you know, reinvigorated himself and he'd be able to give more. So tough. He, um, I think he would have to change. Mud, you went sort of, you had Wenger for so many years and um, not at Cops Island, been seven or people, but um, there was times where it, it felt like this, obviously for Arsenal as well. Different things going on, and maybe I don't know, maybe maybe Arsenal hung around for too long. But there are certain similarities where it just seems like 
he can't get a tune out of this out of the squad. And I wonder what you thought of it then, because obviously Arsenal, well, he is Ar- Arsenal's greatest hero managers. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's similar in a way. Arsenal obviously put a lot of money at the time into building the Emirates Stadium, and obviously didn't anticipate the you know, the likes of the powers of Chelsea and Man City arriving and PSGs and things like that, which sort of changed the entire, you know, financial landscape of football. Like, um, But it got steel. Arsenal didn't have the financial backing to be able to compete. So they had to sell all their best players um, to even, you know, stay in the, with the top four. You know, it's a bit different. Like, I think Liverpool are very steel. You know, the likes of Jordan Anderson shouldn't be a starter. Oxlade Chamberlain should have been out the door long ago. You've had injuries as well, which hasn't helped the likes of Luis Diaz and Diogo Jota. Van Dijk, especially, you know, if, and I don't really like to use them as an example, but if you look at Man City, even though they're cheating bastards, but, you know, perhaps sort of refresh that squad every couple of years or every season, he's bringing in like a different player. Like, Cancelo last year was fucking one of the best players in the league and now he's away to Bayern Munich and you know it's constantly changing and adapting and you know developing getting better bringing in players who are hungry and you know Liverpool are still stuck with guys there from when Klopp first came in and it feels like you know Sadio Mane hasn't really been replaced yet and I suppose maybe that's a bit unfair to say with the fact Luis Diaz has been injured but you know Gini Wijnaldum as well that player was never replaced Trent needs to be taken completely out of right back and put in a different position because he's not. I just don't think he's he's good enough for that position now. You know, a lot of teams have figured him out, and I think he'd be better to transition him into that midfield. And I suppose, like like Steve said about the glasses, with Klopp, get rid of the dreadlocks and go back to Trent. You were, you know, eighteen months, two years ago. Um, there's a lot obviously going on, and maybe maybe Klopp hasn't been backed with the players that maybe he wants, like the Gakpo signing, I think Steve's right, was a very strange one from Liverpool, but there's other positions that, like I think it's been obvious, he's need a centre midfielder for a while. I think if, if he was able to sign the players he wanted and in positions that he wanted, it might keep the interest there for Klopp and might keep the fire burning, but he just seems like he's just completely done. Like he just can't cope anymore. Like, you know, who would have thought Wolves would have won three nil? Um, at the weekend, like I've had a lot of mates say to me over the last couple of months, especially like, will you see in the new year after the World Cup, Liverpool come storming back, and we'll finish in the top two? And I'm like, I don't know this year. It just it seems it feels different for a team that was going for four trophies last year to, you know, sitting mid table. It's just, it's mad. You know, potentially could be out of Europe here in a month too. You know, you're playing Real Madrid, and I, I, I seen your, um, I seen you commented on that uh, tweet from I don't know who it was saying that Liverpool fans should up and applaud Real Madrid in the 14th minute. Um, that was a bit daft. It's like, what is that all about? It's um, if they applaud I, Liverpool or uh, Real Madrid in the 14th minute, I won't, uh, nah. I'd, I'd want fucking one of the roofs of stands to fall into the car park and smash mm-hmm. all the cars. Um, fuck that shit. Um, <clears throat> well, me, me and know, Steve like, have been there. You know, we on. know what it's like for Liverpool fans right now, you know, and 
probably to a degree Chelsea, but Chelsea will probably, probably bounce, bounce back, back next, next year. year. We, we, it's, it's shit. Yeah, the thing, the thing with Chelsea is it was only ever one or two seasons with Chelsea and then they bounced back and won a title. I think Johnny and I know this This for Liverpool feels different. It feels more like a longer term um thing than 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 maybe one of Chelsea and maybe maybe I'm wrong um it goes it goes back to that thing we spoke about before about um United and Liverpool have never really had a rivalry because they've never both managed to be good at the same time and it feels yeah. like that's happening again um but I think just on I think Brendan's point about maybe he stays in some capacity but he has to change his coaching style that's definitely a solution i hadn't hadn't considered at all and i think it's it's one he maybe should think about remember in football manager he used to be able to like take a holiday maybe he can do that and have someone just pep linders um can you hear that because that's my dog shaking his head in yeah. the background and yeah and it sounds like a helicopter taking off I thought um, it was you ferociously typing something no for once no <laughs> Go on ahead, Steve. Oh, he's fixing his dog. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I thought it was a great point as well, Brenton. Um, the Klopp needs to change his style. Whether he can do that or not, um, I don't know. I mean, everything he's tried to change this season has been absolutely dog shit. Yeah. Um, everything. He hasn't really got much right all season, um, which is unlike him. That's why I maybe think it could be a change coaching staff um, or something, just some fresh new ideas brought in, mix it up. We'll see, um. But I, I don't know. I, I would envision Everton will win the derby quite handy on Monday night, which is uh, so obviously the preferred if you're a Liverpool fan. But obviously, if you're Everton, you're licking your lips, come at the right time, and then if Newcastle after that, so a bit of a rocky road for Liverpool um this season. I I think they'll finish around eleventh or tenth. Uh, it might be the making of them going forward, but uh, yeah, we've done a lot tonight in hour and 17 odd minutes there's so much i want to talk about the last of us about wrexham documentary which i'd highly recommend if you haven't watched it yet as well and a few different things but maybe we'll get caught up on that uh, on the next one um we'll try me back again next week we'll see what happens and see what people availability are wise but um yes the world of football rolls on man city finally get charged um for being complete and utter ball bags um Jesse Marsh loses his job at Leeds and Jurgen Klopp's under a bit of severe pressure. It was it Tag Furlong said the other day when he's asked how he was, I'm like a wee dumper or a heavy load. I'm under severe pressure. <laughs> and that's the way Jurgen Klopp and the pillow at the minute. So I uh, hope you've enjoyed that, folks. Catch us on all your podcast apps, the Football Babble Pod. Get us on patreon.com forward slash football babble um, and see us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram. And chat us again soon and good luck. Justice for Casemiro. <laughs>